Hi, Jeremy. Oh, hi, Raphael. Hey, oof, that was rough. Oh, oh. Almost yeah. didn't make it to the podcast. Well, <laughs> dear listeners, uh, Jeremy's computer was at the brink of dying because it only had three gigs left. And after some <laughs> smart decisions and restarting, he has nine gigs left. But for really running up until the very edge of this, uh, you know, you know, I use I like mean, it, two terabytes of iCloud too. So it's like everything's cloud offloaded. How, how big uh, is your disk? In total, it, I think when I bought it, it was like a terabyte. Um, yeah. But, you know, some it, some it of it's really, being used. Yeah. Is this your private laptop or your work? Actually, I think it's only 500 gigs. It's my it's my home. It's my yeah, it's my own my my private one. I have so, a work one here, too. I keep running into this with friends that. Friends that, you know, they're not students, they're not starving, they're not in debt. Like friends like you and other people who can clearly afford a $3,000 laptop, but they're still negotiating with themselves. I'll get the smaller hard disk. I don't need all that RAM. I'll get the, I, this one is fine. And then you run into these limits, which incentivize you not to make more work. You're like, oh, my yeah, disk yeah. Is, is kind of full. What so this idea of being so frugal that it costs you money so yes i know you, i know yeah but we know that tomorrow's a big day it's yeah. a so big uh, apple launch day a lot of our listeners like i feel like this is turning into like a, a like a youtube rumors video about like mac computers but the excitement is palpable yeah but <laughs> but but it is um i think specific to apple where i just hear so many people negotiate with themselves that they want the new thing so bad and then they'll have a gazillion reasons why it's, you don't need it and then they're like oh yeah i spent four thousand bucks on a rug it's really cool well yeah i mean i sep- <laughs> i do separate like li- life and and computer expenses you're probably right but yeah. I, I think of all people Kristen, like my partner would probably say like i spend too much on she actually would never say this but like she would she definitely wouldn't be like you're frugal with electronics <laughs> like that because um I, like our house is full of this stuff, right? But I guess yeah, it's but, accumulated over a lifetime. But it's funny because you come from an accounting firm. So do you know how much you spend per year? Do you, do you have a budget? Like, do yeah, you yeah, th- yeah. Okay. Yeah, I write, like I told you last year, I, I, I ended up writing off a whole bunch of phones. Like all my expenses were No, I know, phones. but those, those were for other people. But the Jeremy budget, what's the Jeremy budget? Well, I also got a phone. Which is uh, which is like way faster than my computer, and that's yeah. like kind of the gist of tomorrow's announcement too. Which is like, you know, these chips that are like that have made our phones faster than our laptops. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, in our laptops. I feel like we're all conditioned to accumulate money over actual enjoyment. Like we're all taught get the numbers up. Like oh, mm, it's revenue it, first. Yeah, but in 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 small things as well, like. Oh, if you reserve a car four months ahead, you get a discount. And like we're taught to play that game. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm trying to think of the clearest example, but to the point where you're actually suffering in the present and you're putting money in jars and like, this is for my retirement. This is for this plot of land that one day I'll build a house on. And I don't think that's how most Americans live, though. Apparently, <laughs> most Americans live Maybe it's in a my great context. amount of debt. Maybe it's because I'm from the Netherlands. It just seems like yeah. everyone is, is just, uh, keep the money in a jar, don't touch it, don't enjoy yourself. And it, it, I just see that in you. So, 
That's why I'm, I'm, I'm extremely conservative. You're right uh, yeah. from a finance perspective. However, but you I but know, you're also in an investment company, so you know that money has to move in order to grow, and it has well, to do stuff. I know the debt inc- the debt income ratios in North America are pretty like at, they're at record highs, right? Like people are carrying more debt because of lower interest rates. I know, so, I know, but I'm talking about you, mm-hmm. not about the, the general population. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe if I'm a, if I'm representative of the artist, it's like the artist is um, who's like is is always in this small business situation of a cash flow problem, or they feel that way. I don't have a cash flow problem because I have a salary. That's true, but there's still a feeling that haunts me from being an independent artist and a freelancer before that of you know making the most, especially of like a laptop purchase, because like. You know, I'm going to have the, maybe I have this like one big cash flow, you know, kind of deposit in my account. Like I did a big project. Maybe there's like eight grand goes into the account. You're like, okay, I want to make, I'm not going to have that eight grand every, every month. So I want to make sure that I do invest that in my practice, but not willy nilly on like random stuff, like on the best possible thing to get me then, you know, over the next three years or something like that. Yeah. I, I am a little bit different in that I have an income as a small business yeah, but, and but as even, an artist. But, but if you decided... Let's say you don't have children, and let's say your money after taxes and expenses, thirty percent of that you want to invest in your art practice, mm-hmm. even if you don't need it. Like, think of something you could do with it instead of. Yeah, but it's crazy these days. Like, I do. Like, I, I have all these subscriptions to different like software okay. services and renderers and stuff. You know, I was like, I was working with a friend on an NFT. I think I mentioned this to you, and like. He was like paying a 3D modeler and then like he was yeah. paying render farm hours and then he was like, and I have to mint it. And he's like, this has cost over three grand to create this like rotate this like 15 second rotating video. Uh, that's funny. I, I come from the, the early days of the Internet where nothing cost anything. Everybody was just making animated GIFs and people already had a computer. So that wasn't a real cost. And you don't need a. F- a, a big computer, especially in the early days, to make web stuff. You don't need a spec. A lot of people just started in the computer lab at school, so you wouldn't even have your own computer. Yeah, and but like HBO, a, HBO yeah, Max was on. Oh, you those com- subscriptions you were, you're talking about. Yeah, well, you weren't competing against. I think like all entertainment has congregated or become aggregated in one place. And I don't think that it used to be, I think that like the internet artist, you know, could make a meaty trick. <laughs> track and like stand out right like yeah but what's but weird, i i, I want to get back to you with another argument is that the nft world now is it seems a lot of people like this idea of on chain so mm-hmm. the 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 code of the work is is on the ethereum blockchain or, or another blockchain and once again file size matters so the midi thing all of us all of a sudden you can make a generative ambient soundtrack with mm. midi and in, in a thousand permutations and all of a sudden people are like, whoa, you did that under six kilobytes? That's amazing. Yeah. And yeah, that's like a new new platform scarcity. Yeah. It and I, only I, lasts for a period of time. I, I wrote about this before that I always feared the days of high bandwidth because I thought the internet would just become TV and it mm-hmm. did. And now I'm excited that blockchain is forcing people to deal with small file sizes again. And I think it's quite, um, it's like, back to my roots, I guess, or back to where I feel comfortable or where I have a, a, an edge because I'm able to how offer small, things. That, how small a file size are we talking here? Like, what do you have to get it down to? Well, so you, you upload the code with Artblocks into sort of a mother token, and mm-hmm. then the the thousand or whatever the addition is pieces that people generate, that those are 
minted by the buyers and those are just a transaction hash and that refers to the mother token and then the mother token is read and the mother token my script was about 3k and the bigger it is the higher the minting cost so maybe my minting cost was a thousand bucks and mm -hmm. if your file is 10k it's three times that etc so like every character is actually a, a dollar amount so um, you get into this cool mode where it's like, whoa, someone was able to do a 3D generative series under 6K. That's impressive. And mm. I, I, back to the frugality theme, I do like this. We, we, we get into this mode where disk space gets cheaper, uh, bandwidth gets cheaper. So who cares about compression? Just make it big. It's fine, whatever. And it, it's nice every now and then to be grounded and be like, hey, this is still... Maybe what I mean is... And, that also goes with this theme. We all went from 720p to 1080p to 4K, and then we want our video stream to be that quality, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And computers keep getting faster, but software also keeps getting bloatier. And if software was as efficient as it was in 1986, but on modern computers, mm -hmm. our computers would feel so fast. I mean, software is getting more efficient, but it, you have to look at it differently than... Yeah. It's, it's getting efficient in its um, deployment, right? So software gets released faster. Um, that's a different kind of efficiency yeah. than you're yeah, talking yeah. about, which is like how much Yeah, I'm talking about up. Photoshop, the, the entire program but actually, being under a megabyte, like that kind of Okay, efficiency. but most web software, like if you look at everything post-web 2.0, is, is drastically more efficient than desktop software was. Yeah, but right? a lot of websites, even simple blog pages or like... A, loading a page of The Verge and it's like four megabytes and it's calling 14 tracker websites. And, uh, it, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, it's just a text article. We don't need to download four megabytes. Mm. And, and, and what I mean is like, as technology gets uh, expands, then people get lazy with optimization. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's usually like, <clears throat> yeah, I've seen it firsthand, I think, in development environments among developers. The, in the race to get things to market quickly, there's often, you know, cut corners around efficiency. And so you you accumulate what's called technical debt. There's also this concept of design debt, but that that debt is like a form of bloat, if you will. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and that was one the success way to, of the iPhone, exactly. Like yeah. they had to re rethink everything because the process was so slow compared to a desktop and they wanted Unix to run on a mobile processor. Yeah, I mean, Windows is the perfect example where like various ancient services are kind of like they're walled off, you know, and they but you still need they still need to run sometimes. <laughs> and so you have a mixture yeah, like of hospitals are running yeah. old software, like the government yeah. is running old software. Yeah, the banks run off mainframes like yeah. I mean, American finance runs off ACH one of the, like it's running like on a cobalt computer or something <laughs> like a cobalt without like any some kind of mainframe. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, of course, like um and this, like, before that, they're like, you know, it was invented, like, after horse and carriage or something. <laughs> like, so legacy systems do hold everything back. And a rewrite or replatforming yeah. does sometimes give you a leap. But I've done a replatforming, and, and it accumulates quickly again. And it's yeah. usually just, it always comes down to speed and Yeah, because in a way, like, the, the computer you have is a zillion times faster than what you were using in 1999. Mm -hmm. But... It probably in the day-to-day, -day it feels the same. Like, you're just running up to the limits. Like, your computer yeah. feels slow now, but when you bought it, it was super fast. And No, it wasn't. I remember. Oh, I remember okay. distinctly because I ran benchmarks. 
and I like opened up all of my software that I had written for my previous generation of computer and I ran it side by side and there was no improvement. And oh, that wow. was back then That's I bitched depressing. about it on the podcast because yeah. it was about OpenGL um, optimizations and OpenGL had been kind of like deprecated by yeah. Apple in favor of metal. And so a new standard, which was supposed to make things faster, meant that like the old standards were running just, you know, kind of slower or just as fast. And so what's the situation now? With, if, if you get an M1 laptop, will that help with WebGL or is it, are they still focused on metal? Or OpenGL? I yeah. mean, I just switched platforms. And so now I'm like programming inside of like, it's ridiculous, but like Snap has this thing called Lens Studio um, for like Snap Camera and Snapchat, to, you know, for you to design augmented reality filters and stuff. And it's built on metal, right? Because it has to optimize. It's optimized for the iPhone. It's extremely fast. So it's um, enjoyable to work in? Not as enjoyable as what I used to do. Like I used to use this program called Max, which is like a lot of artists used back That's in the, the day. That's the VJ but, software. Well, yeah. So, I mean, some VJs used it, I think. Yeah. Like there are lots of, you know, they're kind of a, lot, a bunch of these visual programming languages like V4 is another popular one for Windows. But... Um, you know, they, because they were cross-platform and perhaps for other reasons, they never really, I should visit their webpage and see if they've done it, but they never optimized around, you know, platform specific standards like Apple's metal, uh, standard, which is like, you know, what they optimized the operating system around and um, so from a 3d perspective. Your software does not have to run cross-platform. So if you invest a lot of workflow into Apple specific applications, that's fine. Or do you feel like that's a risk and then you might want to deploy it on a big windows computer and you can't. Yeah. I don't really have that risk because everything I do is like a prototype. Right. But I did start doing open projects for the internet, like UAR, like you, you know, trying to choose a web standard and then yeah. the web standards, you know, that's a whole separate thing. That's running like an, almost like an emulator on top of the system layer. And so it's not super fast. But the one thing I learned trying to develop off a web standard for phones over the last year and a half is that a lot of people are still running on old phones, like iPhone 6 or lower. Yeah. Um, and you're like, how are you doing this? And they're like, well, it's good enough. Like it kind of reached the I minimum, maximum. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can take a photo. I can text. Like, Well, that goes and, back to what we were talking about. Like people have higher demands and there's software bloat. and Yeah. But mm -hmm. that's what keeps all the, the machine running. Like, if we are complacent and we're like, well, I can send a text, that's all I need, then Apple's out of well, business. But can't you remember, like, the 90s being, like, a teen, you know, teenager? Maybe this is ageist, but, like, and, like, every year a new computer would come out that would just, like, kind of destroy. I know, the yeah, like yeah, from the 286. destroys yeah, the 386, yeah. 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 Well, it was a yeah. big leap every time, yeah. Pentium. Oh, my God. Pentium. No, but that, that was the difference between, <laughs> like, 8-bit sound and 16-bit sound and then, like, 44K uh, yeah. wave files. It was a, like, they're like, ooh, CD quality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then quality went down for a while in favor of convenience with MP3. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've still reached CD quality in terms of any audio listening experience. Like, Apple has a new high fidelity codec on yeah, apple music you can choose but not all confusing. music because yeah. then they they actually have this spatial audio idea where they just i think well not in, only that yeah. like people listen to it on bluetooth headphones and bluetooth like compresses the sound further <laughs> so it's like yeah most but, things but audio quality goes into the 
snake oil territory, so you have to be careful. Like a lot of people say that no one can really hear the difference between lossless and two fifty six MP three, or only mm. at really high volumes in a concert environment. But so if you do a blind test, a lot of people won't even hear the difference. I'm sure yeah. a lot of people right now are going like, uh-huh, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not. No comment. Um, no, but, w- but what I would think be like, your dream laptop? What are you, what is your list? Okay, of so tomorrow, here's what we can expect: is um, a there, have you seen the most recent rumors? Like as of a few hours ago, the notch. Which will, what? Yeah, so there's going to be a notch. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not what's exciting. It means there's no bezels, right? Yeah. And right now I'm looking at my laptop. It's got huge like dis. Uh, what like, would make you not buy the presence. new one? Is there is there any killer thing where they're like where you would see it and go like, oh no? Um no because I think they've already shown that the emulated performance you know because it has to translate for the M1 chip or the the ARM processor it's already faster than like native Intel yeah. for most yeah. things. Um, and so that would have been a like no go. Like if certain software couldn't run, which Are might still, still be the case. Do you still have Intel only software that you use? That's that, I won't find out. I don't think until I get this thing. Yeah. I don't think anyone's gonna be able to get it. Like literally everyone I'm talking to, you know, like in our in our friend circle <laughs> yeah. is like I'm waiting for tomorrow. Like I, Jonas Lund just think emailed me. Is like, are you excited to, for tomorrow? <laughs> I have the I have the MacBook Air M1, and it's it's just never had a single issue. It doesn't have a fan. I never run into performance issues, so I feel yeah. like this this is like a a product that has been had so many cycles in, in terms of the same hardware design that's proven that it's uh, this new one might have some uh, you know early adapter uh, illnesses or whatever you call it that it might have some issues because they're trying a new design so maybe there's keyboard issues or whatever yeah. oh i think they learned their lesson on the keyboard i hope so, so yeah yes. yeah i think this is like a wish list but like, so basically App- yeah apple's not an innovative perf- company anymore right you want double the performance of the m1 and great gpu performance and 24 hour battery life and that's my big concern actually is gpu performance because yeah. it's you know, it's not going to be an AMD or NVIDIA GPU. And so, like, you know, Apple's GPU, I guess it's not really a concern anymore because I've already switched over to these, like, metal um, efficient, like, uh, apps, like, using... It's going to be better than stuff. what you have, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm certain it will be better. But so, um, you're not going to go desktop if they have a, a killer 30-inch iMac or something? No, you know, that would be like going back... 15 years for me be and and it but maybe it would be an acknowledgement that travel's dead or maybe you idea. should maybe you should have your personal thing is a laptop and your work thing is an iMac mm, i think the bottom line is the idea of like fixed position computing like desktop computing for me died oh, a long I love time it. ago I, I need the big screen i, I definitely uh, i haven't had it in the forever, way i so work I the, the way i sketch in illustrator is just Take a thing, make a copy, do different colors, make a copy, and before you know it, it's it's an artboard filled with like three hundred different things, and that just works better on a bigger. That for me, like if I could have a mm. sixty inch screen, that would be. I discourage designers to do that, to be honest with you, because um, it results in the designer designing for a screen that no one uses or has, and you you know you'll use these. No, websites no, I make or responsive apps. stuff that it, it scales, okay. but it, it it's but it's it, you often just, forget. Most it, people are it, on a tiny no, screen. But it's like this. It's uh, the artist studio, the classic studio. And uh, 
you make 400 paintings of one flower and you hang them all on a wall and then you pick the winner or you pick the direction you want to go in but it, it's the wall <laughs> no like uh in my artist studio we paint on tiny pieces of rice and <laughs> we use a magnifying glass to look <laughs> it's fine it's fine <laughs> and it's really it's old rice that falls yeah. apart all the time. <laughs> it's fine <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a good point that like if you're competing against the artistic practice of like the pre-digital age, the screen was literally room sized. It was like a holodeck. That's yeah, for sure. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I mean, I have a like a 50 inch TV that I use in addition as a second screen in my living room here. And I find it like it's too big. Like I, I'm, I have to yeah, move my that's neck too, around. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think right now I have a 27 inch screen attached to the MacBook Air. Mm -hmm. I think I could go a little bigger. And so yeah, the rumor I, is that 30 inch iMac. Well, the ideal form factor that Microsoft tried, and I'm surprised like someone like you wouldn't be into, is the drawing table format. You know, like yeah, they have I a still few draw devices. on paper. Yeah, but the drawing table was like what it's like 15 degrees of the uh, architecture like table. Yeah, the architect's table or the drawing yeah. table. My dad had, you know, a whole design studio filled with I those had, growing up. I had one of those, like my school was getting rid of that department and they sold all these architect's tables and I had one for a year Ooh. and I didn't really use it that much. I thought, I had oh, one this too. is so cool. I had one yeah. too and then I brought it to the design studio at work and no one used it and then people were always laughing at me about I it. Even, and I was like, this is the ideal way to work. No, I, I, I had a whole series of drawings that I had this folder of, weird internet images and gifs and then i would make black and white drawings based on those and so i had a architect style table that was a giant light box that i could print one of those internet images and then lay a thick piece of paper over it and i could still see well yeah. and then draw with ink and brush and uh had that for I a did, while yeah i did the same thing and i had an old like 15 inch lcd that i used as a light table um, it was ridiculous. Like it was like propped up with like cables <laughs> hanging off my dining room table and stuff. And so I, but I, so I, I actually believe like long term, that's pro like a dedicated computer. If you're going to get me to sit down and work at something, it would be like a 15 degree incline drawing table like that perched up hmm. on a stool. I don't you know don't why they're on that's stools. Like in the long run for your head, it's kind of exhausting to look down. I don't know, one. like it, but it lasted for like a hundred years or more. That was like the style, yeah. you know, of working. And so, what you're telling me is like, if they could have 150 years ago or whatever, they would have designed a clamshell drawing table. No, like, but the, the, there wasn't the physical possibility of your hand doing one thing and your eyes being somewhere else. So that, that that's an added feature of uh, the pointing device that. So, you know, since we have a mouse and a keyboard that yeah. you, you have the choice of whether you want the surface you look at to be below you, in front of you, on top of you, whatever. Yeah. But the idea of 90 degree, a 90 degree angle to me seems like, why would it, you know, maybe it's collaborative. Maybe it's like about collaboration, but like, I think you know, that, that architect's table, that drawing table was made for movies, like I think it looks cool on a movie set, like uh, aliens are invading and then a bunch of generals sit around like this giant table. With, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like collaborative. Like yeah. you can move from any. That's but that's back to your school. argument of like the users actually on a tiny phone. So you make something that looks cool on the giant table and then 
doesn't work on the whatever device the user's using. Well, the other design principle in studios is generally to quote unquote pin up your work. It's true in yeah. architecture studios yeah. and design yeah. studios. And so everyone, you know, I, I used that to force people to pin up their work because they're like, it's digital. And then I started doing like, okay, well, we'll project our works. And I did like a BYOB mm. at work. But now everyone's remote. So that idea is like literally door. absurd. And so now it's like di these digital tools like Miro, these like whiteboard, digital whiteboarding tools. I don't know if you've used Miro, but Miro is like kind of like Adobe Illustrator. You can like draw, but it's mostly sticky notes and you can do some drawing. Yeah, can, I'm like, just not such images. a collaborator. I, yeah. yeah, but the, I mean, the number one tool in the world for design today is a tool called Figma. And Figma's radical idea um, that turned out to be correct was the design is collaborative. And oh, like okay. all their ads feature multiple cursors, um, which I find funny having done like a Did video. Google also have a tool for collaborative drawing. Well, you um, could do it in Google Spread, Google Keynote, uh, whatever it's called. Google Slides. Yeah, you can make drawings. To, I saw some artists for a while. They were doing collaborative drawings in Google Slides. There is a thing in Hangouts, too. It's like... Like a okay. like a Jamboard type thing, and yeah, in yeah, Figma, yeah. there's a Miro thing. It's literally called Jamboard, but basically, because the office is dead as a site of collaboration, um, and even even still, it was painful. Like sticky notes had reached their like maximum potential, <laughs> and whiteboards like were literally always a problem in my office. Where like we would hit the limits of the whiteboard and it'd be like, no, like zoom out, zoom out. You'd like hit the edge of the whiteboard. There was not a physical space. whiteboard. Are, uh, uh, no, physical yeah. whiteboard. People are yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, would be crouching on the ground trying to get more, yeah. you know, if you look <laughs> like into get a piece the of paper next to the whiteboard, we want to keep yeah. jamming. Yeah. It was never the whiteboard or the sticky notes that were actually, you know, particularly powerful. It was like the face to face conversation. Um, so actually some of the digital tools now, if I run a workshop, it's actually way more productive and faster. Like I get what, uh, like a huge volume of, of uh, information and synthesis and so that happens. Would it help if everyone on the team actually had a bigger screen and the video this is part? Thing, yeah. yeah, the video part would be just ten percent of the screen, and then it's. The, do you think uh, having better quality video and audio and etc. Let's say you had your dream setup, and your dream setup would be, like. THX cinema quality audio mm -hmm. throughout the room and it feels like everyone is in the room and, and yeah. 8k video so you don't have to sit so close to the webcam and you can move around and, and people can yeah. still see you or maybe the software can crop on you and you can use your body language as you're speaking and yeah it sounds like we're talking about like records uh in the mp3 era though because like the obvious like step that everyone wants to achieve is like the holodeck step so the idea of an 8K display it wouldn't matter, right? It's projected into your eyeball, like some kind of VR. Did I tell you at work they want to do like a pilot with everyone, like a bunch of people in VR called like uh, Project Morpheus? But I do think like the, <laughs> That's good. the VR, VR collaboration is coming. Like, and you know what, what was holding VR back was people being like, nah, we're going to meet in person. But now that like oh, everyone's basically like, we're never going to meet in person. Yeah. yeah, the tipping point has occurred. You're going to, I think in the next two years vr headsets are already getting tiny like oculus uh, not oculus um htc came out with a vive headset that's not very good but it's a pair of glasses yeah that's good enough but it, it like i look at it like people are like ah, oh, like it's not good enough like the strap isn't good or blah, blah blah i don't look at that i look at like the technology haven't gotten small enough that if it's in a pair of glasses and i'm like okay like 
I could sit on my couch and or it's stand in my living room. It's a pretty depressing future scenario. It's just being at home How, with a VR helmet. And but it's working. less depressing than being hunched over an architect's know. table or I fifteen degrees yeah. or a I, laptop. I, I hope, you know, it's it's ironic because I've been working from home for as long as I can remember. But I hope for most people that that's not the future because I don't think it's a good fit for most people. But I could be wrong. But okay, here's my future. Like. Yeah. would be like i have a dedicated room in my house aka a home office yeah. but the home office is like padded in like soft material i can run around like you know virtual whiteboards and scale them infinitely i can like tap people on the shoulder be like check this out and and this all sounds extremely like absurd like it would be the most absurd microsoft demo. yeah <laughs> but i think that it it makes it's for we've reached a point where that makes more sense. Like if I was trying to pitch you, then hey, we're gonna fly everyone in once a week to like yeah. meet in one place, and we're gonna like have these little pieces of paper, and we're gonna there's gonna be a ceramic board, a ceramic board, and we're gonna have markers, markers, <laughs> ceramic okay. board, and these little pieces of sticky paper. It doesn't that what doesn't about, make any sense. What about this? Um, we, you you have a body. You have a couple of sensors on your body, so you have motion capture. Yeah. But you're reduced to an, a 16-bit icon, like a 32-pixel person, but you do use your body language and really good audio quality, but you're a tiny character on the screen. And then there's a, a, a collaborative <laughs> table. Everybody can throw pieces. And it's more about the, the visual things and the pieces of text you put on the table and... The Are you talking about like a two-dimensional plane? Yeah, of course. You know my work. So it's going like to be a, more, okay. more graphic, more clear, more modernist, whatever, and more simplified. Mm -hmm. And the whole, you don't need the whole room. I see. The room, I'm, I'm thinking more of it as the artist studio and the collaboration, that it's more about all the material. That should be 90% of the screen. And well, you know what I've noticed among like design colleagues and stuff recently is they've started referring, we used to say like, what's the flow? And then we say like, what are the screens? Like, give me the screens or the mock-ups. But now people are telling, talking about like, they're saying like, well, what are the surfaces? <laughs> Stuff like that. And they're starting to use like, and what's the texture of this or whatever. That's so interesting I think... because that's always been the main difference between digital art and painting that uh, painters are completely in control of the surface and digital artists are not, they can, they can make an image of a surface, but they can't work with surface. Yeah, but like starting in the sort of responsive era, this language started to shift because you were designing for quote unquote multiple screen sizes or quote unquote surfaces, right? So And the flat design, did, that's what you mean? Yeah, and flat design was a part of that. Though that's, I don't know if you've noticed in design language or just like surfed Behance or Dribble recently, but like the brands are starting to, are tending back towards texture and dimension. Mm. That's funny. I'll never go away from flat design. I've been doing. Well, I know, but like, like it's a remarkable career that you've put together <laughs> yeah. in that regard, and like you Fun basically texture. own that. <laughs> well, but to me, like yeah. you, you can, you can emulate texture on a screen. It's just not texture. So I like using texture when I make physical works like tapestries, but I wouldn't do a tapestry texture on a animated website. It's just kitschy. Yeah, but I think for me, obviously, I've been working with AR and computer vision interfaces as like like as a for fun as an artist for for such a long time that I can remember like 20 years ago the feeling of like you know picking up a 3D object in space on in screen space and moving it around with my hand the that first feeling it did feel it was pretty magical and like 
Yeah. But the, and it, it required in that a space, flexible the, the, accuracy. In that space, compression and jitteriness, that's the real texture of the material. Yeah, I mean, the haptics were, are always going to be the, ga- the kind of psychological gap. But I found that, like, as an AR artist, that that doesn't bother me. Like, if I put a gun on my arm and I shoot the gun, um, there's, a, like, the visual is more important than, you know, me... Like the act, like the feeling of an actual gun or something on my arm. Mm. I'm using maybe I shouldn't use a violent example, but or a paintbrush. Um, and but the ben- like the whole point of my conversation is like we're talking about like this new laptop. It's going to be like you know is it 14 inches? Is it 16 inches? That it, it how fast is it? It does seem relatively moot in terms of the history of computing over the last 20 years, and what a, you know putting a phone processor in this old device and saying, Hey, it's a revolution because in the meantime, there are all these other streams of activity that are working to make the laptop obsolete. Right. right? Um, and you're right. Like a bigger screen would be better. Right. But what if screens, what if everything was a screen? Right. And I don't know if you've been watching recent demos out there on, in terms of like using AI and GAN to like artificially interject with reality, like, you know, changing every car on the street into a whale yeah. or yeah. making everyone on the subway well, smile. I always thought the movie Her was, seems pretty much, I could see, like, AirPods are a huge success, so I could see an AI living in your ear and talking to you being a realistic interface, and I don't think we're going to walk around with VR helmets. And then the main character in Her, when he works on writing, he's in an office setting, and there's sort of an iMac on his desk, and yeah. that seems to be a good way to focus on creating a single work, like you want to focus on it. And then there's the entertainment thing, which is more of a 3D projection and someone's playing with a character in 3D space. Mm-hmm. So I, I could see that sort of, maybe there will be a natural separation of uh, entertainment and gaming that you, you know, like the iPad is really nice for reading the newspaper and yeah. watching YouTube. And then maybe... The Xbox type of thing is more of a 3D holodeck thing. But if you want to write legal documents, you're not going to do that in 3D space. Well, it's a good point, which is like we might have reached Apex like 10, 20 years ago, right? Like the form factor of a laptop is actually, or even an iMac or whatever, is so perfect. Like the drawing table, okay, we've decided it had its run. We're well, not yeah, like back a, to if, it. If, when you think about it, like a table, it's like, oh, four legs. It, there's a chance of wobbling, <laughs> yeah. but it's a desk. Yeah. You don't want a desk with three legs. It just doesn't work. And five legs don't, doesn't make sense either. So at some point, you can have all kinds of tables, but most desks have four legs. No, you're right. And I've been like shopping for furniture recently and kind of rethinking a few things. And I'm like, yeah, there's like there's like two heights of things, like low things and high things, <laughs> coffee tables and tables. And there then, are like well, chairs I guess there was the stools. innovation of the of the multiple height desk with the motorized uh, height adjustment. Yeah, but that's too complicated, and they always break. And then and then in seating, there's like you can recline slightly, or you can sit up straight. Like there's good posture chairs. You can sit on a skip, like an air ball thing type of thing. No one does that anymore, I don't think. But no. they are stand like people do the standing desk thing. I think standing at a desk is probably the biggest and slightly most absurd like change to work in the. In the last you, 15 have years. you tried it? Oh, uh, I shouldn't. Yeah, I, I, I haven't really tried it. I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't want to be in pain. But, but I guess that, the, I probably the, could have worked up a core. One of the ideas is, is to always 
change your seating position. Sometimes you're on the couch, sometimes kitchen table, sometimes standing yeah. desk. Yeah. Yeah. That's Absolutely. kind of similar to the artist studio. Like you're sketching on a table, then you're painting on a canvas, then you're working with a sculpture. And so I, I think there's something as we're talking, I'm just, I didn't think of this before, but I think there's something to the artist lifestyle that uh, I always have this image of artists living a very long life and mm. being active their whole life. And so maybe there is something to the artist studio of like the wall to pin things up, uh, the yeah. absence of meetings for increasing creativity, the materials around and setting things up so you've, you don't have a hurdle. You don't want to come up to the limits of your hard disk and become nervous about making your work. It's like this yeah. whole idea of the setting things up in a way that then the chances of, of good ideas happening is higher. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is like, what if you had the, you took that artist's studio and maybe there is paper up, there's like a sculpture in the corner and you removed the laptop and the desk, which seems like it ignores everything else. Yeah. And you replaced it with something that was well, ambient. I feel like the, I mean, I'm, I'm a broken record saying the same things all, but the big thing that would help creativity is also reducing things. So saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to build a firewall no Zoom calls between 12 mm -hmm. and 5 and no email traffic whatsoever because I have to come up with you or, or from the morning until noon or whatever. Uh, block all social media, block all shopping, block all news, whatever. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like the, There's the, the legend of the Rolling Stones. They started out as a cover band and their manager said, I think you guys can write songs. But when and we they, were talking about yeah work yeah. from home, this is what and we were talking about too. They yeah. locked up the they locked the band up in a room, and it's like you're not coming out until you come up with a song, and then. Yeah, but it's quite absurd that we actually use physical space to 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 section our mind. Now, obviously, our brains are like organized that way, but you could, in theory, like you have the new iOS, right, fifteen. Yeah. And there's like work mode and home mode or whatever. Yeah. Do you yeah. Use that? No, but I'm saying at a company level because it, if you leave it up to a person, they will always switch back to whatever's easiest. But mm -hmm. if the company says, "Oh, you're actually not going to receive emails for three hours," yeah, I think that the the yeah, but I mean, people have. I don't know. Maybe it's different in. If you had, let, let me rephrase the question. We were talking about your ideal laptop, but what your ideal studio, like how would you deal, yeah. how would you design your work time balance, your your time flow, your calendar, like. Assuming I didn't have like multiple jobs or something like No, even in, just in your current life. But if, if it was up to you, if, if you mm. could say like, this is my proposal to my company, like I, can we work out a schedule where A, B and C? Oh, Okay. I mean, I already have the flexibility to do that, but I would prefer a four-day work week for sure with like a three-day creative burst, you know, which is like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing, or maybe taking a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. um, even if I didn't work for the current company I'm in, I'd probably still be doing non-artwork activities. Like I founded a not-for-profit and I'd probably found other companies and stuff like that. So I would still want to portion my week between business and creativity. I find the two to yeah. be complementary. Yeah. And so I would still want, you know, collaborative work and then focused creativity as like um, a diptych. Yeah. And I would want, I would love a space that I could go and meet with people in person. That's why I've been like kind of, but I realized recently, you know, over the last few months that that's never going to happen again. That, that, that is like, um, yeah, saying, I, like thought, I, I wish I we could all be in a Paris thing. cafe. You know? I thought about the same thing. Like, uh, 
this is an interesting question because we moved away from uh, 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 random interactions for a year and a half. Everything is planned. Mm -hmm. And now that you're walking on the street again, you could run into people. And there were things that I missed. And you're like, oh, I wish I could do A, B, and C again. And then actually now you have the chance and you're making excuses. Like Metrograph opened back up and I still <laughs> haven't gone. So I'm hoping to go tomorrow. Oh. Uh, I have but, gone to the movies twice. Yeah, since but we, I, I did go yeah. see stand-up comedy twice now. So I, I'm, yeah. I, I, but we went to see comedy with some friends and we're like, yeah, this is why we live in New York. Like you can see yeah. five good comedians in one night. And we're like, yeah. we should do this every week or every two weeks. And you, I think we have to relearn this behavior. Like it's, no, it's you're so right. easy. Kristen, yeah, yeah, Kristen has us going to the movies now every week again. Uh, yeah, exactly. But we're literally the only people there. <laughs> it's like a whole theater. <laughs> it's a time. dying medium. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. Maybe you're right. We had, I mean, the restaurants are full, which is a good sign. That's an interesting point about the movies that it's very fascinating to be at the birth of something, but it's also interesting to be at the end of something, at just mm -hmm. witnessing the end of painting or the end of movies or whatever. It, it, well, it's a, at the movie theater we go to, it's hilarious because they just before the pandemic, they closed the entire ground floor and turned it into a VR arcade. And it looks like something from the dinosaur age. <laughs> it's like there's like no one coming to this fucking VR arcade anytime soon or ever, really, you know. And um, like why? Like it's almost like a like a contradiction of the media itself. Yeah, yeah like, no, it's, it's ironic. Remote media. What kind of theater is it? It's like a like a, a normal like you know multiplex, AMC or, like yeah multiplex like, type thing like eight yeah. rooms or something. Yeah, this one happens to have like maybe like thirty or forty or something like that. But oh wow! Yeah, um, yeah, because it seems like that that model of really having thirty screens in a cinema. I don't know silly. if that's sustainable. Yeah. Yeah, like I could see the James Bond movie at, in five different formats: IMAX, regular, three D, and something yeah. called like super sensory <laughs> sensory experience sensory extreme yeah yeah and we were like we want the regular one because Kristen gets disoriented uh, i hate 3d movies i always go for regular yeah yeah but uh, no, yeah, one, no, no one's it, missed 3d for the last few years right no one's been like oh remember yeah. when we saw movies in 3d yeah no it it's it's funny um you know it, i've had a good financial year but also in new york it means nothing if you look at prices of apartments mm -hmm. and then i thought uh, this is that question of like putting things in the present or in a jar for the future. And I was like, oh, I should just get a studio so I can really be focused. And I've never had a studio, but Christina works from home, so the situation is different. And then we might move to a bigger unit in the same building, so it's not that big of a difference financially. It's just and It'll have an extra room. And then I keep negotiating with myself. Do I really need the studio? Do I really need the yeah. studio? And well, what are you going to use it for? It's space, right? Just for yourself. Just it's... The, the only reason I would have it is to have giant speakers and a desk and nothing in it. But I'm also, the travel is picking up again, so I won't even be here this much. And like, it, it's not a small commitment. It's, it's expensive, a full mm -hmm. apartment. So it, it, even though I can afford it for at least two years, it still feels like they'll put it in the now jar or the future jar. And yeah. One hypothesis, though, might be that when you have that space, you'll use it differently because you don't know how to use the space that you yeah. don't have. Right. No, um, but so I've, I've, I've rented spaces every now and then I get into this feeling of like, I need a studio because I, you know, so, and I never wanted it full time, but I was like, I want to experiment with paint. 
and see what happens. In the same way you experiment with an AR filter, yeah. you can also yeah. experiment with paint. So I, I sublet a studio in uh, Bushwick for three months. And it's already like you have to get on the subway to Bushwick. I'm not the biggest fan. And then it's like <laughs> a building full of dirty artist studios. It's not my thing. And the AC wasn't working that well. And then it comes with all this psychological baggage of like, I'm going to try to be Jackson Pollock and blah, blah, blah. And I'm stepping <laughs> into the past. And so I, I you know, I rented a subletter studio for three months and I went three times. Yeah. It was far away. So now I'm thinking, oh, if I have the studio in the building, maybe then some magic will happen. But I had that studio in Bushwick and I was working on uh, abstract browsing. I was working on the first exhibition of that. So I had a hundred color prints of different compositions and I put them all up on a wall. And then I had a desk and I would, and the view was great. It was like, oh, and, and it didn't help me one bit. Like, mm -hmm. that's what I'm talking about. Like having those compositions in Illustrator and then being able to quickly make groups, like reshuffle yeah. them and then be like, okay, all the vertical ones are on the left, all the uh, landscape ones are on the right. Oh no, let's reshuffle in another order. I'm just so used to working on the screen that, yeah. They, that's my point. That's yeah. my point is that we think of the, some of this stuff as like a two-way door when it's a one-way door. And in technology, I think this is very much the case. Like no one is going back to a Palm Pilot and being like, wow, I can think better on this thing. Like, and so I think, you know, the one way door on the pandemic is, is definitely like, to your point, probably bigger screens, but I think long-term more immersive, uh, work environments in the home, um, that are multi-surface. But I, I do think there's something to uh, the going back in kilobytes and reducing things. There's something yeah. to it sometimes that when mobile is the best example like windows was trying to cram windows onto windows mobile and they had the metaphor of little windows with a stencil no 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 even before that windows mobile mm. and and it would you would have this little stylus and you could oh yeah, yeah you could resize windows this was before the iphone and the whole metaphor of the desktop was on the phone just smaller mm -hmm. and so it, it, I understand like what you're trying to say, like you can't bring back the office onto the desktop. But at the same time, the iPhone was this great reset of like, we're going to run Unix on a tiny mobile processor and it's going to feel quick because of a certain style of design and the, the buttons will be huge instead of small buttons. So the, it was yeah, almost you won't like... You need the precision of a stylus. Yeah. yeah, but it was almost like going from a high-tech factory to... Oh, you only have Legos now, but you still have to mm -hmm. make the full utility I hear of saying. a computer. So, yeah. and I think with the computer and the collaboration going more and more high res and more and more immersive might be a bad path because you're still trying to recreate the physical uh, personal meeting. And that may be a sort of, mm. imagine like a giant iMessage bubbles floating around and uh, it, more of a cartoony environment. Like yeah. maybe, I, I describe like... a scene though that recently, like just to, to help support your point, actually, I was in a, a meeting, like a strategy, I was doing a strategy meeting with a few people this week. And like this person who was in the meeting was like, oh my God, like I was up at 4 a.m., you know, like I have to just show you this thing. And they like whipped out their iPad and then they started like drawing these sketches in the meeting, like a whiteboard in the old days. And it was actually really incredible in terms of what it communicated like the sketches they were emphasizing certain points and stuff like they had done some sketches and then they were adding to it 
And I was like, okay, they're using two screens. Like they're talking to me on their computer. And I've noticed this more and more in my meetings. And I think I'm exposed to this just because I'm meeting with hundreds of people a week where people are like, they've got like four screens on their desk and then they're pulling out their iPad. So they iPad, need their physical separation of, of fi- different screens. Yeah, yeah. And so all I'm, yeah. So the, I think what I'm experiencing or starting to see is that people are starting to configure new working habits in their homes yeah, yeah, yeah. that would have existed physically in office space, but they no longer can rely on that. But they, they are trying to make breakthroughs. Like people are really so it's like, compulsive about this. Like, like all the texting is on the phone. All the sketching is on the iPad. Yeah, and they're then optimizing the Zoom is on the, the desktop. And then, yeah, and then they're pulling out the iPad and drawing and they're doing, you know. And yeah. Kristen does that too and she teaches. Like she teaches math and she uses a mixture of screens. And they've been talking about this for years, but it was really hard to do before because, you know, before the cloud, one screen didn't know what the other screen was doing. It was like, yeah. you know, it was like a three-legged race, you know, and you, you were in a different room. So, you know, I think that the three-legged race is just getting better and better. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and uh, um, so back to the Apple laptop, do you want lots of ports? Okay, I, yeah, I imagine. Well, I the imagine. funny thing is everyone's making a big deal about SD cards and HDMI. I yeah. haven't had to use HDMI in about two years no, because there's like, what am I plugging into? <laughs> do, you, do you not foresee any performances for your career the rest of your life? I was So I started my career, I was like, I'm an internet performance artist. I'm going to perform online. And then... I got addicted to doing stuff in person because it just feels great. I think the invitations to do things in person are basically non-existent now. Personally, and this would be like a call to action to our audience. I don't know, like any of you performers out there, when I talk to performers, I'm like, how are you doing? Are you showing? Are you having performances? They're like, no, there's been nothing. Zero. Like so. That's what the, I meant um, with the habits. Yeah. Like, oh, I miss the live performances. And now they're happening and people are like, oh, I have to get off the couch. No, I'm like I'm gonna double down on like digital performance and um, and it's a one way door and I we just had like a brief lapse like there was a historical okay. lapse for like for ten years it's time to perform digitally again. well if you're performing in the New York area I will be there but I'm always performing in the New York area I just yeah. you know various websites reach every, any point on oh, the globe. okay <laughs> but but then you get to the point where like what's the difference with live or recorded and well, it's neither. I yeah. think it's it's like multi-surface, and I think I always talked about that years ago. So and I, talking about speaking of habits and uh, all this stuff, I think the NFT thing has opened me up to a bunch of artists that come from a very different background. So maybe from mm. economics or math or computer science, and they just are also visual people, but they came from a very different route, not from art school, and meeting these people has been very refreshing and i used to go to some openings or, and now i'm much more like uh, i don't think i need to go and then mm-hmm. i go to these nft gatherings or meet the and what's funny is i always felt at at regular openings like fine art uh, contemporary art stuff i would have to hide my nerdiness a bit because it would just mm-hmm. confuse people but and here's here is the opposite i'm like the least nerdy person i can't code <laughs> They're all really good at finance and technology and security and economy and art. Yeah. It's like new to them. Yeah. Uh, so it's been really interesting. It's such a different conversation. So you're meeting with them in person like these people? Yeah, a couple of, like I had brunch twice with a bunch of people and I'm going to the Netherlands and there's maybe five generative artists in the Netherlands. So we're doing a get together mm-hmm. and um, it, it, it feels a little bit like BYOB. In the sense that you know each other from online. Yeah. 
Uh, but that's but, the way it should be. I yeah. mean, you have this pent up energy, right? You yeah, but what I mean somewhere. is like if if I go to, I mean, the Gavin Brown gallery is not around anymore. But like, I would someone's like, oh my god, there's the Gavin Brown party. We should go, and I'm just there, mm-hmm. and I feel so awkward, and I just, yeah, I, 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 I don't want to be here. No one likes me. Let's get out of here. Yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah, so uh, that really uncomfortable feeling, and I remember the Whitney Museum had an, a night for artists who were in the Whitney collection. So, you know, I'm lucky I have a work there. They've invited me, so I should feel invited. And I still feel like I I feel awkward and weird and I don't want to talk mm-hmm. to anyone. And I remember feeling really sad afterwards. It's like, if I can't even handle an event where I'm invited in New York, mm-hmm. why am I living in New York? And that it was, it was like a, a low moment for me of like, my character just doesn't work for this context. And That's I'm, interesting. But yeah. do you feel more comfortable in these uh, nerd groups? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it, 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 but the difference is also that for this nerd group, the the internet communication is primary, and I feel like for the art world, yeah. the 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 event was primary. That was the primary social mode. No, and the I primary always felt the same way, mode. especially here in Toronto. I felt the same way you you did in New York, and like because we had this like punk kind of aesthetic, like rock and roll, you know, sweat and like, yeah, stink scene or whatever. And I was like, you know, talking about phones. And even now, like I just did an augmented reality piece. I'm doing a second one for like a music uh, night here in Toronto. And I'm like so surprised that they want me involved. And I, you know, I went to the first one and I was like, I don't think anyone wants technology here. (laughs) No, that's the feeling. Exactly. Like I think, I think before (laughs) NFT, uh, the art world was basically saw technology as a problem. It's like, yeah, I get it. The world is changing, but it really sucks to hang a screen and paintings look so much better in daylight and whatever. Mm-hmm. So you're just you're just offering a problem. Like, oh fuck yeah, it's yeah. And and I think things are changing, but no, you know, no. I had a meeting yeah. this week with someone who was like, hey, um, so I have this like new crypto voxels gallery, and I was thinking, could you make some wear saleable wearables for my space in crypto voxels? <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like. And we looked at, you know, we're looking at this other thing, but, you know, I really think this is the future. And I was like, yeah, I guess, you know, that's like a very natural conversation to have. Yeah. And I had, you know, I had like 10 ideas for wearables. <laughs> but I literally could not take that. Like that was someone here in the city, but that there would be no venue in like in, in human space where we could like, there would be music playing and <laughs> yeah. that would be like an acceptable conversation. Yeah. The I, only, I, yeah. yeah, I do really miss concerts but that's been a problem every time i moved away from the netherlands because i just have a group of friends who are into the same music and going to concerts on your own is just really weird and that that's you know i lived in paris and in uh berlin and etc and i always miss that core group of my music friends so um that's that's something of like irl events that i miss but at the same time I'll, i'll look at concert videos and i always think like Oh, those bands are really starting to get old. It's not the same as when... Well, have you been to a music event recently? Like, it's interesting because, mm. like, the bands are, like, having to, like, really insist that people move. Like, Oh, like... Uh, yeah. It's almost like we, we were all, like, uh, kidnapped and, like, we, we, uh, back in daylight. <laughs> and, like, oh, am I allowed to do this? <laughs> like, for a year, we were, like, stay in your room. Yeah. Yeah, it's like normally why people, you know, as they get older, don't dance less, right? Because they forget how to dance. You know, when you're younger, yeah. Early well, I was for thinking me, now I to go to to week. go to jazz concerts because then it's okay to sit down. 
So it's uh, yeah, yeah. You're like, can't we just relax and sit down yeah, in the chairs and enjoy I, the music? Especially if it's outdoor, outdoor seating. It seems really nice. It's like uh, so, we comedy and jazz music. Those are the, the focus. We're slightly way off topic, but I remember being at a concert. <laughs> no, once but this where... is all this is all interface. We're, I think yeah. we're, we're just talking about interaction, UI, hum, UI, and what human interface guidelines like. It's about yeah, yep, yeah, being locked in a room for a year and a half and and going back and what what did we learn? Yeah, I mean, I remember being at a concert way before the pandemic, though, and it was at a, a seated venue. It was like really comfortable. I felt fantastic. The whole audience did. And then the band yelled at us all to stand up and like, you know, this is a, like, it's a very typical Toronto thing that we're not like, we don't know. We don't know how to have fun. We're very conservative. And I remember being like, how, who the fuck are you to tell me to stand up? Uh, like I paid is, for this ticket. I would just. <laughs> it's funny. It's one of the first episodes of the, the Silicon Valley, the sitcom, the comedy. Yeah. It's like Kid Rock is performing and he's so pissed because all the nerds are standing with their back towards him. And like, <laughs> what is this? These people don't know how to have fun. I do believe that you need to acknowledge the performer for sure um, and interact with a performer. But for a performer, if if the if the music compelled me to stand up, then I would stand up, right? But like, well, I, I was at the the comedy night, and the the first few acts usually kind of complain about the audience, and so yeah, and they warm so, it up. someone was sitting with their arms crossed, and is like, "Oh, you look like you're prepared to not laugh all night." <laughs> <laughs> but that's why they literally have this idea of warming up an audience. Yeah, like 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 piercing through people's defenses and sort of breaking their this posture and yeah. But what I found interesting online into this uh, you know to this end is that i've started you know moderating a lot of discussion online you know at work and everywhere and it really requires actual effort you can't just be like okay what do you all think you actually have oh. to be like jennifer then, what do you think like, but so is that on zoom with like 40 people watching or what, what am i yeah saying? yeah but like yeah. you can moderate any room or any space but everybody um, has their mic turned off so you, you can see facial expressions but you can't really if everyone would have their mic turned on it would be a mess yeah, right. but if you get into like a collaboration tool, and maybe this comes back to our laptop yeah. um, interface thing, is like you it just becomes voice and then metaverse. So voice and metaverse. Okay. Like yeah, I don't yeah, really yeah. need to see the faces, not really adding to things. No. But see, if I see a cursor like drawing a line and talking about, you know, a journey or something, and then someone pastes in an, a meme and la everyone laughs at that, and there's like yeah. a text uh, chat uh, going on the right, it's different, right? Yeah, it's like a dump FM in real time or something. Yeah, and then uh, always want to bring up Constant Dillard, but he made Common Dot Garden where yeah, everybody a demo recently. Everybody's avatar is a little colored circle, like a dot, and then you, and you move around, around like a two dimensional plane. I actually think it's yeah. a great a great idea. Um, but I still found it feature. quite quite awkward. Uh, at, at well, we, did you go to an opening in it? Well, the way the way it it happened was. Upstream, the, my gallery in Amsterdam, oh, yeah. he also works with them. They, the, the pandemic happened. They couldn't do shows, so they decided to start an online platform with online exhibitions and then kind of like, should that online exhibition have a three-dimensional feel? And uh, we ended up more of sort of Constance's idea of works being pinned up on a large wall. That was kind mm -hmm. of the idea. And then the idea was like, oh, the, we can have these little dots moving around and you can gather in different places and use audio. I still found it uh, hard to open up and really relax, mm -hmm. but it, it, it maybe it's just I think I do better with a group of two or three than a group of a hundred. Like it's just 
but it is interesting that these like f- there's all these flat inform you know interfaces for ga- there's gather town there's bramble there's a bunch of them now for like and they're advertised like to replace conferences and stuff and i've tried them a bunch of times at work but not one thing that i think is like unfortunate about them and that I think constant bridged to a certain extent is that they assume that the content of the screen is just fodder for this face-to-face conversation and I think it's backward I think the content that you create together and if you've ever had a VR chat have you ever chatted with someone in VR like in Facebook's VR okay like try it like actually you know what you should buy if you like we should both buy this we have an oculus we've never used it Oh, really? Well, you and Christina, I should have a VR chat. Christina bought it for work, and then uh, our dog hates it when we have it. She, she loses her mind, so we don't use it. I think between now and the next podcast, we should do it. And okay. what you'll find is that you, there's like a drawing tool in it that's 3D, but you it's actually like ne- very natural to create together Okay. in VR space and chat. And, and no one cares about okay. who you are. It's, it's what we, you make. We didn't talk about Clubhouse and like Twitter Spaces and that, yeah. that kind of it seems like the beginning of the pandemic people were really into it and now it's kind of Discord is more of a thing because there's no creative energy like the rhetorical yes it adds the rhetorical layer but what's missing is the creative layer so now, you know the conversations there and people being like I think this but like okay show don't tell like and like how about collaborate but, but anyway for, this could, uh, yeah, yeah. The, just maybe I don't know if this works for other people, but the way I've been collaborating with my programmer for 22 years and it started out in person. So we would sit behind the same computer. He would be coding yeah. and Pair do program. a test. Yeah. But, and I, I would come to Rotterdam. I was living in Amsterdam and, uh, or he would be in Amsterdam and we sort of have a social time, like have a drink mm-hmm. and then work a bit. And then Skype came along and Dropbox and all that stuff. And, it turned out when we meet, we just talk about other stuff than work and the work stuff yeah. is just more efficient and we never use video. It's way yeah, more comfortable not. for me. Uh, and so the collaboration is we both have the browser open and the file is being but edited. this is just it. Like, yeah. And all the studies show that in person, we don't look at, his, at, at each other as much as we do on Zoom. Zoom is like a false And it's exhausting, right? The, like, yeah, it's exhausting. No one, no one, yeah, it's not useful. It's um, torture. Yeah, it's torture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, that's I think that's we're we've all learned that lesson. It took us what, like eighteen months to learn it. And so I think the next eighteen months, just watch. I, I'm selling yeah. collaboration and creation, making things together is the future. But so, in your case, you're meeting with a lot of people in one day. That physically, that would be impossible time wise. Yeah, yeah. So that's one like, of those things of the shift to online that you can actually you can really have 15 meaningful conversations in a day with people from around the world. And that, that just, when you, when you say, let's go back to the old model of uh, collecting air miles and flying around the world, like that's not coming back. No, I don't think so. Yeah. And so you, when you say like, I wish I had a collaborative space, a social space and uh, sit together with people, your company does have an office, but that's not what you're talking about. But that space is now just for, like you said, with your programmer, it's to talk about life and connect emotionally. It's not for work. It's the like, after work stuff. We've deprecated work and physical space. That, like that is the one way door. Now, yeah. human emotion and connection and relationship is still going to be privileged space in person. You still want to go to an intimate dinner on your anniversary. You still want to meet but with your so, team on a celebratory moment. Yeah. You know. What's interesting to me is that uh, specifically in cities, 
you have companies and cities, and then I think yeah. you said there was a, a law that it would be discriminatory for you guys to do a meeting with the employees that are in Toronto and the rest would be on screens. It's not a law, but I think it's it's a policy. Everyone has a policy yeah. that's called like so, hybrid work. Yeah, you know? but but yeah. I could see a future, just sort of a running the idea or the, the the algorithm. If the algorithm is like whoever's in Toronto and needs emotional support, we'll do Friday drinks and we'll play mm -hmm. ping pong. Mm -hmm. And so there's a core group of of younger employees that would do that, that have roommates that want to get out of the house, and then there's a Uh, the rest of the group is living in the suburbs and is more comfortable, has a nice office, whatever. Yeah. But they're already settled with their life. They're not looking for a life partner and they're not looking for entertainment as much. Well, but I had that, a meeting this week. That but then it, 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 it yeah. would be curious to see the core group that is playing ping pong and drinking beer. Will they come up with better work than the group that never connects? Of course they will. I went on like a walk with a, like a, a, a coworker a couple of weeks ago before, and then they moved out to the suburbs. Like it was like, they're like, this is my last chance for like <laughs> hanging out. And so, we, you know, I just want to say goodbye on, before my slow day. Yeah. We went on actually two long walks, like two hour and a half, two hour long walks. And we like figured out like a year's worth of strategy on those two walks. Right. Um, and those locks were those they were not limited by any time constraint like there were there were no and there were no physical constraints we could walk wherever and we want and they were quite and, focused as meetings well they evolved just like this podcast does right but yeah. um the constraints of a meeting would have existed you know irrespective of that but i do believe like walking and talking and in space there's a whole Suppose bunch of Steve Jobs study. was all about the walking and yeah, talking. yeah 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 and so we'll still want to do those things. I don't want this to turn in the, into the remote work podcast, but it's really like, if we're going to talk about laptops, like I had a meeting this week and three people were in the office and they all had their laptops and I was at home. And then there was like an echo problem and they all mm -hmm. had to sit in separate rooms at the office. Yeah. Right? Like, and, 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 and I remember at New Inc, you had the problem and this may be every office that people all have headphones on yeah. and, and people are just not talking to each other. Yeah, exactly. Let's like alone, Sherry Turkle's alone together. But, you know, coming back to the laptop, why was the laptop invented? The laptop was invented so that you could work from anywhere and you could like, you know, flip it open and flip it closed, right? So you could context switch between physical space and virtual space really quickly. Um, so it was like a VR headset as far as desktop computers were concerned, right? If you think desktop computer, remember the big heavy radius monitors or whatever? I don't know if you ever had one of those, like a big 21-inch yeah. or 27-inch monitor. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then like color calibrating devices, like suction cup to it, like big keyboard, <laughs> mouse, like trackball devices. You know, you had like a, a pad for your chair so you could roll left, right. <laughs> like, you know, like the office uh, and the desktop setup was disrupted by the laptop. I remember getting my first laptop and it was like, oh, I could work and travel now. And I would leave my work to the plane. I'd be like, I'm going to work on the plane now. Right. And so I, um, I do think I've had a lot of good ideas working in weird places with my laptop. I, I think it's been quite yeah, refreshing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. And so and, I think and that now context I, switching I, is important. As I'm doing web pieces, I, I really enjoy having the prototype on my phone and refreshing and like, oh, let's look at it and act, you know. Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, but then you're referring to like these different devices actually take us to different places creatively. And so for the laptop thing tomorrow, just to like close on that, um, I didn't ask you like, 
you said you're fine with what you have because you have this like kind of low bandwidth thing, but would there be anything that could exist that would make your current laptop superior? Hmm. I, I think it's a good question. I think I'd rather have the next compact model that takes advantage of the, the new chips, not needing that much space. So if I would love it, if it was the same screen size, but smaller bezels and half the weight or something like that, mm-hmm. that there was that, that MacBook Air with one port that was just slow, so it was too yeah. slow. But as a f- uh, form factor, that's what I want. I'm but with you. I'm, I'm, with I'm you. torn a little bit because having an iMac and a laptop seems like your desk would be very clean. And now I have this uh, laptop that's closed on my desk, and it's kind of annoying. But then again, managing multiple computers also seems like kind of a nightmare. So. But what if they like synced and they just became one screen, you know, when you open yeah. the laptop? I don't know. I never yeah. get into that. Like I have that handbrake thing or like, what do they call it now? Like where the, the iPad hand connects, handoff. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I know I made that whole comment about how that's the future or whatever, but I just, because of my work setup, I think, cause I don't have a desk. Yeah. <laughs> like the, I, like I literally work off of my lap most of the day, like the lap part of laptop is totally relevant to me. Yeah. yeah. So what, what would be um, any any odd feature that you're wishing for? Just like GPU performance that kind of blows, okay. blows this away. Yeah. yeah. And maybe like uh, LED keys so, so you can have rainbow computer. I think that like gaming computer features, is that what you're saying? I would yeah. love if there was a, because of the notch, a depth camera built into the oh, computer yeah. so I could do AR-based depth work finally on my laptop. Like yeah. right now I hand off to my phone to do all this AR stuff. It would be awesome if my laptop was as capable as my phone. Like this is the narrative for me, period, is that the that my for the last few years, my phone has been my primary uh, creative device and I just wish my laptop was equally um, equipped. Yeah. No, that's a good place to end this episode. Let's make laptops more like phones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Big phones. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Oh, you know what we should do? Call to action before we say bye. Yeah. Is I did really love the field recording at the last uh, at the end of oh, the Oh, yeah. Episode. Any field recordings, please. Yeah. And, and the idea, just to remind our listeners, if you made it this far in the podcast, is to, you know, you've listened to us and thank you for listening to us, but we'd love to listen to you and where you are. Yeah, we have a couple of questions lined up, but we could use a few. Questions too. Yeah. I mean, the whole point of this podcast in the first place was to, um, you know, in some weird way, uh, create community without (laughs) scheduling a Zoom call. Um, So we do love hearing from you and uh, and hearing your place in the world. And thanks for listening. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.